Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No, I am your father. No! No, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Hello and welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. I'm Duke and with me as always is my good friend Chris Roberts. So we are a couple of days past Christmas here. This is episode uh, 15 and this month's episode is all about our experience in the past, in the present, maybe in the future with malls and arcades, all kind of fun things to talk about the history and our personal experiences and some cool statistics. So it should be a, a fun show. But before we get to the main topic, we have a couple things to go over. Uh, first off, there is a brand new uh, Beat the Bandy challenge, as there always is. And this month we are doing Hogan's Alley. Uh, so Chris, you even joined in this month, didn't you? Oh, I did, and uh, I I, yeah. I jumped in without really looking at your guys' scores. I mean, I I had saw um, uh, Matt's son participated this this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw he had put up a couple of scores, and I thought, you know what? Let me let me break out everything and give it a go. Um, took me a couple of tries to kind of. You know, knock the rust off, and I got like a hundred thousand or something like that. And I thought, oh, okay, that's not bad. And then, and then uh, I got up to uh, I think it was two seventy five or two eighty five. And I thought, okay, that's let me see where I compete, and uh, you know where <laughs> I where I fit in here. Where am I at? And, uh, and then I saw yours like five hundred thousand. And then I turned off the Nintendo and I went back to <laughs> <laughs> watching Breaking Bad. So. Well, there's only a few days left now, but um, it, it has been fun, and we've had a lot of people participate uh, this month. I think Bill put up a couple scores from STC Pod, and the collectors, and the VHS. Co- What's your show called again, Chris? The VHS Collection Show. Uh, well, we have the. No, no, oh, no, no, no. We have the collect- Flashing Midnight. No, no, that's the channel. Midnight Flashing. That's, whatever. That's it's the channel. Midnight is flashing, okay. but the the show is just the VHS show. And then we okay. also have uh, the collector show. So we have two podcasts uh, on YouTube. Uh, one's on the STC yeah. channel. One's on the Midnight is Flashing channel. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that that's the bill I'm referring to. Yes, Bill. So he he put up a couple of scores. Um, it, it's it's uh, to be specific. It's not just the regular Hogan's Alley. It's the uh, game C, which is like the can toss. You were right. I'd like never, I'd never played that before. Oh, that's the one I used to love playing as a, as a kid because that was more fun. You know, I I think yeah, so. I never played that. I, I I think the the regular Hogan's Alley gets really boring really quickly. Kind of the same thing yeah, with Wild Gunman. Uh, that one kind of gets a little boring. Pretty repetitive. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're fun. They're fun, they're, but they're like pick up and play games. You pick them up, you play them for about mm-hmm. 10, 20 minutes. You pass mm-hmm. the gun around, and then uh, you move on to something else. I, almost like with yeah. Duck Hunt, whereas at least Duck Hunt, um, I felt like both of the um, both of the game modes are are pretty fun. You know, like you have the the A B, which yeah. is the one duck or two ducks, but then there's the the C, uh, which is uh, the skeet shooting, which I think that one's equally as fun, really. Um, 
it doesn't have the interaction of the dog and all that, but um, I think it's pretty fun. Uh, I'm hoping in the future maybe Matt will move on to the Wii or something. We could play some Wii Sports because that could be fun, like a bowling challenge <laughs> or, uh, you know, something like that. Basketball. Oh, man, basketball. I'd have to set my Wii up. I haven't, I haven't played the Wii in forever. Um, I, I still have it, but I'd, I'd have to hook that thing up and, and yeah. I mean, I, it just feels like it would be a fun challenge because it – um, like, you know, like you, we can do the, the hundred pin challenge, you know, like that, you know how, like mm-hmm. there's that sub mm-hmm. game to the bowling where it has all those pins yeah. on there. Uh, I think that one's really fun to play. Um, a little, I think actually a little more fun to play that than the standard bowling. Uh, even though they're, I think they're both really good, but, um, that could be a fun challenge sometime. And, and yeah, I'm not, sure. not coming from a ringer perspective. Like I'm pretty average at it. So I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think it'd be something that we can all. I mean, it feels like we all probably have a Wii somewhere. If not, I got like five extra. Yeah, Maybe, uh, you know, we can work out something. <laughs> you can pass them around. <laughs> we'll do something. We'll figure yeah. it out. But Well, it's been fun. And uh, if, if anybody wants to try to get this, their score in before the end of the month, um, please do so and, and put it on our Discord. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, eagerly await to see what Matt picks for next month. Um, but they're always they're always fun to play, and he always picks uh, decent games, except for uh, Wrecking Crew. That wasn't the best <laughs> the best pick, but he didn't know. And yeah, it's it's kind of a mediocre game at best, but um, it was still fun. I lost uh, I lost that one to uh, to Hodge Nintendo Hodge. He uh, he put up a, a score that that beat mine, but I'm not gonna make any excuses. He beat me fair and square, so that was. Uh, that was last month's, but we'll see what he picks for next month. Well, good for you, Hodge. But um, other than that, yeah, exactly. I'm glad somebody uh, somebody new was uh, on the scene, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, so that's the first non-Duke, non-Bandy winner. It is. Yeah, it is. Because there's only been you Absolutely. and Matt's wife, and uh, probably you again this month. But I'm telling you, Matt, uh, break out the you – know, you've heard it here. He's not that good at Wii, so – Think about it, buddy. <laughs> I played the Wii very limitedly and casually. Uh-huh. I, I pretty much only played the sports stuff, and um, it was very limited. I wasn't really into the Wii too much when it first came out. So I was more into the Wii U, honestly. I, I liked so them both, more... but um, I, I would say that that Wii Sports was was a great – that's a great game. Like I, I would have bought the Wii oh, yeah. just for that and been content. I mean, most people kind of did. You know what I mean? Like, how many people have a like this big, extensive Wii catalog yeah. or whatever, or a library? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. good enough. And and then uh, Wii Sports Resort's really fun too. It has basketball. I like to play that. So there are there's a lot of good ones on those. We'll see if Matt's willing to go that modern. He's so far done only Atari and, and NES, so he's really kind of sticking to the retro stuff. Well, I know, but, we'll but, but I mean, now I mean, Wii's almost getting to that stage. I hate to say it, but I mean, yeah. you're looking at—I yeah. I don't know—I don't think it's 20 years old, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's getting, it's getting a little well, older. Well, if I remember right, uh, you could play that on a CRT. You can that play it on like, a CRT. That's kind of yeah. well. Matter of fact, that was the standard. You couldn't play it on. A, yeah. I don't think it had an HD connection. Right. right. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. HD, so it's still technically, in my mind, kind of a retro console. It might be. It go. might be the last retro console. Maybe. So we just got past, as I said, uh, Christmas. Uh, Chris, how was your Christmas? It was pretty good, man. I got time good. off. Uh, you know, my job during the same year, I get about a month off, but a little over three weeks. And oh my gosh! It's and you know what's so weird is you know in about the middle. You know, you know how it is. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, 
and you got, you know, you just have some random thoughts in your head and they seem really important. So the other night I mm-hmm. had woke up in the middle of the night and I just sat there and I thought about it. And I was like, I'd rather this be my life. I don't want to go back to work. <laughs> so <laughs> I want this to be the normal, but I don't want to retire. I just don't want to make money somehow, but nah, I like my job. Don't get me wrong, wow. but it's just like, man, the going to bed when you want, getting up when you want and not even knowing what day it is. <laughs> I won't, I'm always envious of people who get lots of to- time off. I'm in the opposite camp because I work for myself that the most I've ever taken off is a week. So I've never, and you know, usually, obviously, with my family, that's it's not always the most relaxing time. It's either a trip right. or we're doing things actively, just to do whatever I want for like weeks on end. I can't even imagine. I haven't done that since I was a kid. I don't know what that's like. My my whole career, I've never really had multiple weeks in a row of time off. I don't know what that's like. It, it's got to be pretty cool. It's wild, man. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> I'm sure it is, because like even like like for Christmas, I get one. I took one day off. I took off Christmas Eve. That's it. Man. And I'll I'll take off New Year's Eve this week too. So I'll I'll have two days off for this holiday season essentially. So I mean, you know, on the other hand, I do take off days here and there whenever I want. I can you know sometimes I'll take a long weekend and go on a trip with my wife or something like that. So it has its perks. But my point is is taking multiple weeks in a row i could never do that i can't put all my work and customers on hold for like two or three weeks that would just be crazy so good for you for having that that time off that's got to be pretty cool especially during the holidays yeah it's nice man i'm not gonna lie i i don't know if i could go back to not having that yeah that's cool what did you get anything cool for christmas or get any games or toys or well i mean as far as presents go i didn't get any presents person nothing like that i mean i but i mean i bought myself some stuff so um that counts but but i got other stuff i mean i don't you know i did get presents but um as far as games go um i I bought a couple of boxed nes games i hit a couple stores got a couple of sales locally um i got what was it a a a bayou billy i i end up kind of kind of put myself in a predicament here because so i went to the store and i hadn't been there in about I don't know, about a month, and I am I go in there, and he had a, a really nice copy of Bayou Billy. The Adventures of Bayou Billy. Now, it's not necessarily a game that, you know, I'm really into or anything, but I was just looking at the cover art, and I was like, man, that's just really nice, and, you know, he was, you know, he, he, he like, you know, I'll do it for 30 bucks, and I'm like, wow, like, in that condition, an NES box game complete, and I was like, you know what, I'll do that, and then uh, right next to it, he had a, a copy of Ninja Gaiden. Now, I already have that, but um, I was looking at it, and I was like, man, that's really clean copy. So I start kind of doing the math, because that one was a little more. It was like 70 bucks. And I'm doing the math, and I'm like, well, you know, like they're going for like 120 You know, I could I could sell it, and then, you know, or buy this one and sell mine. And then I'm like, ah, you know, I'm kind of going back and forth. And I was like, well, mine's not in the greatest condition. What am I going to get for it? Then I look at it and I'm like, you know what? That's not even Ninja Gaiden. It's Ninja Gaiden 2. <laughs> but I needed that one. So I was just like, what am I? Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, give me both of them. So I went ahead and bought those. And then um, my son, um, he uh, he took a trip with his girlfriend to her uh, father's house. And um, uh, they live in Oklahoma. Um, the father and the stepmother does. 
So uh, they had bought him some tickets, and, you know, typical out-of-towners, they think, like, California is small, like their rinky-dink state. Uh, no offense to anybody in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, like we don't live close to each other in California. We're pretty spread out, you know. Um, like, relatively speaking, L.A. is not that far from me, but realistically, it's a you know about a three-hour drive to LAX. And during holiday traffic, going over the grapevine, which is like this big mountain you got to go over that during this time of year snows and gets closed. And, you know, it's like kind of stressful. But um, so I took him last week yeah. and dropped him off, which it, everything ran pretty smoothly. And, and then, But to go pick him back up, um, when they were coming back, they're, they were right above LAX. And then I guess they had a power outage, which I don't even understand how an airport like LAX, which is... I mean, it's got to be one of the top 10 or at least top 20 largest airports in the world, maybe. I don't know. Or at least the country, I'm sure. I mean, it's a huge airport. Um, I don't know how they can run out of power. You would think they would have their own power plant. but So they turned they turned this plane <laughs> back around and sent them back to Dallas. So then I'm like, so now I can't talk to them for like an hour and a half to find out what's going to happen. Um Luckily, when he texted me, I just pulled off the freeway. I had just gotten over the grapevine, which is, you know, I still was already on the road for two hours. Uh, well, two and a half, I think, at that point. And uh, anyway, I, I, so I said, you know what? I'm a, I got to kill some time. And I, there was a swap meet that me and our buddy Curtis has been wanting to go to. Um, and I ended up, like, just randomly, the exit that I was at was, like, three minutes away from the swap meet. So I went to the swap meet and... Uh, we went and looked around, and I found um, they had a, you know, it was a pretty decent swap meet, but, you know, it wasn't really a lot of stuff I was looking for, but I went to this one table that had all this random stuff on it, and I found this uh, PlayStation 1 game called Trap Gunner, and I never heard about it before, but it's an Atlas game, so I kind of knew it was something just before even looking it up, and I was asked the guy, well, how much you want for it? It's like five bucks, so went ahead and paid him. Started looking it up, and it's averaging like 85 to 100, a little, sometimes a little more, depending on availability. So I'm like, well, that was a good buy. And wow. then uh, anyways, later on, we yeah. uh, still had more time to kill. We went and had lunch with uh, Layla and Curtis, and then um, I hit up uh, this game store that I, I got my, my really nice box Contra at. Uh, he seems to get decent boxes in, and again, he got a big, a big amount. Um, so I was... So I guess I kind of slippery slope myself into going for a light gun box set because I ended up picking up uh, Freedom Force and Operation Wolf. And this Operation Wolf, Duke, this thing is beautiful. Man, it is like 100% complete. It's got all the stuff that would have came with. The mail away. It even has the plastic bag. It has it all. The poster. Anything that was came with wow. it is in there. Um, I mean, the Freedom Force is in really good shape, too. Uh, it had it well it just had the manual it didn't have any extras or nothing like that but it was you know they were both really cheap um and then and just looking at the cover of this freedom force man it's like they wanted to cram every 80s trope in it or something it has like a big jumbo jet it has <laughs> the a guy who looks kind of like max hedrum has got the big like um clint eastwood 45 or 44 magnum in his hand it's got hollow points on the cover it's Got some random dude posing oh, with an man. Uzi in his hand. Um, the back, it has <laughs> Uzis were all the rage the in the '80s. You, got, you have to have an Uzi. It, yeah. it worked in some zebra print and those triangles. You know the '80s oh. triangles. 
<laughs> the pink it's triangles. It's got everything, yeah. dude. I'm telling you, like it. It looks like a. It looks like an old. Uh, That's funny. One of those old uh, trapper keepers or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, what's going on here? But yeah. yeah. So I don't have to get too many more, and I'll have all the the light gun games boxed. And I don't know that to me that just seems like a fun little collection go. Absolutely, yeah. I, I really liked Operation Wolf. I had that as a kid, and I I was uh, I loved it in the arcade because you got to like hold this you know Uzi. Yep. Speaking of Uzis, yes. And uh, shoot the screen. And when it came out on the NES, I was like, I'm definitely getting that. Just the thought of spraying down bad guys with your machine gun was just, you know, back It would have been cool. really cool had they released it with, like, a, a light gun Uzi. But, um, you know, at the time mm-hmm. with the crackdown on, on guns and everything, I'm sure Nintendo won nothing to do with that. With the mm-hmm. crackdown oh, yeah. on toy guns, I meant yeah. to say. But, yeah, it, it's a fun game. It was one that I had bought in the store when I uh, with my own money, lawn cutting money. Yeah, I, I bought that myself as well. Um, I remember specifically like getting that one because I wanted it really bad. It, it was a little underwhelming compared yes. to the arcade, but it was still I, pretty. I fun still think NES. it's a pretty solid game, but yeah, the arcade, the arcade yeah. cabinet would be. It, I don't want to go as far as a holy grail cabinet, but it would definitely be one that would be on my radar if I came across it for a good price. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that. You know, that thing's yeah. really cool. Well, I got a couple of things for Christmas. I I don't get a lot either. Um, my wife, I'm actually using one, uh, the gift she got me, and that's my uh, AirPod Pros. So they sound great to you. Oh yeah, yeah. We're like so pro. Really we're cool we're, have, like, the... we're like pro bros because I got mine on too. So oh, you got those too. Oh yeah. So I'm really I'm getting used to the whole um, uh, the two different modes where you can either block out the sound yes. or allow the sound to come in. And I'm using the sound coming in right now so i can hear myself talk with my airpods in but um yeah they're really nice so that was one of the things i got the noise canceling feature is really good uh it can be a little disorienting it's amazing if uh you're in public or something you know what i mean like i don't i I Mm -hmm. only usually use it when i'm at home um or like if i'm in some place where i kind of feel secure or something but i don't like the thought of not being able to hear I don't know, like oh, someone yeah, walk up no. behind me or, you know, whatever, you know, like, right. No, I'm not paranoid or anything, but you know what I'm saying? Like uh, accident wise or something, you know, right, like, right. step out in traffic or something with it. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. uh, there, it's amazing how when it says noise canceling, it's legit. Like you could still hear the yeah. noise, but it's so faint. It's amazing technology. When I first put them in and those things, the noise canceling kicked in, I was like, whoa, how'd that happen? You know, it was a really interesting uh, experience. But so I've got those in and using those. And um, one of my my son, Bobby, got me the um, Metroid, uh, what's it called? Uh, Dread. Dread. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You got the Amiibo. That's great, dude. Those are kind of hard to find. Yeah. So uh, I got those from him and I got the. Zelda Game and Watch as well. Yeah, that's a that's a cool little. It's it's really cool. It's something I won't you know play too much because that dang screen yeah. is so tiny. Right. But it's 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 a really cool little gadget to uh, as a like a collector's item. Yes. It's got all kind of neat little Easter eggs in it, yep. and you can just kind of stand it up as like a little little uh, desk little clock. Clock. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's really cool. Really really neat little. Well, I tell and, you, they really put a lot of care into the packaging and everything. It's really a. Well, they actually really kind of improved a, it because. Um, the the box itself becomes a stand, whereas uh, I don't believe the, yeah. the I don't believe the Mario one, the Super Mario Brothers, they released uh, the previous one. 
I don't think it did that. I honestly, I haven't opened. I don't, I don't think so. Either. I never opened it, so I don't know. But I, I have seen the other one open. I haven't opened up either one of them yet. I've seen enough of it to know how it works. I just haven't got around to it. But yeah, I can tell you, man. If I was a kid and had those, those would have been great, man. Or heck, even a teenager, oh, yeah. I'd have been like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that's pretty much all I got. But yeah, it was really I had a good Christmas. Uh, we had family over and. I got to see my family on Christmas Eve, and we, we didn't do that last year because of COVID and everything. So it was nice to get to see everybody. That's nice uh, for a change, and uh, we had you know amazing food and snacks, and it was it was a good a good Christmas for me this year. So kind of needed that because it's been it's been rough the last couple of years. So yep. you know we got the new year coming up here, and hopefully we'll have uh, better times ahead. <laughs> All right, well I guess we can move on to our main topic. Um, we're going to start with malls. Um, if that's cool with you, Chris. Absolutely. Uh, I've got some uh, some cool little snippets of history here. I thought I'd kind of start with that, and then we can kind of talk about our experiences as you know kids or teenagers in the malls, and you know how they've changed over the years. But do you know when the first mall was built, Chris, and where? Um, I don't know where, and if I had to guess, I don't know, maybe early sixties. Close. It was uh, 1956, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, It was in uh, Minnesota. I I should have, you know, I was thinking Minnesota because of the the big mall that they still have the Great Mall of America there, right? Isn't that where that one is? Yeah, the Mega Mall. That, um, yes, that that was uh, built in 1992, I believe. Yeah. Sorry if I jumped but, um, ahead, but yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Let's hear your statistics. It was here. just interesting reading about the history um, and catching up on this, but I, I didn't, I didn't know they were uh, they were that early in the in the late fifties. Well, very but, um, regional, I'm assuming, before it really took hold in America. Yeah, yeah. It, it you know, they the malls kind of reached their heyday in the late eighties, early nineties when they were kind of popping up all over the place. Mm-hmm. But um, it was interesting. The the original um, concept. It was this architect from uh, Austria, uh, Victor Gruen, I think is how you say his name. He's uh, the kind of the the mind behind the concept of the mall. But he was a staunch socialist, and his idea in the original mall was much different than they had come to be in the you know eighties and whatnot. But it was more of a place that he envisioned uh, for people to come and kind of exchange ideas, and it was very le- it was less kind of consumeristic. And capitalistic, it was more like art and fountains, and there was a bird sanctuary in it. And his concept was that of a, I think he described it as a third place. So you've got home, you've got work, and he wanted to create a third place for people to come and congregate and kind of have a social experience and build communities and exchange ideas. And it wasn't supposed to be this mass consumerism type you know, machine that it turned into. So they kind of strayed away from the original idea. But I didn't know that. I thought that was No, I didn't um, either. But it's interesting, though, that because to some degree, some of that carried on. I mean, not not all all of it, but, you know, that coming together, exchanging ideas kind of thing, because especially as like a teenager, I mean, you would hang out with friends and what have you. 
Yeah, just as far as the way they're structured, they, they kind of kept maintained that same kind of concept to some degree. Like, you know, most malls had the two anchor stores, that they as they called them. Right, one uh, on, on each the end. end. Yeah. Like, a, like a Sears and a Macy's or a JCPenney and a right. whatever. And then in between the two anchor stores were all the little shops and the food courts and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and ironically, so that, and, and all the fountains, mo- fountains and stuff like that. They yeah. were in the malls, or at least one of my, uh, both of them. Yeah. Uh, both of my malls, well, a couple of the malls around, yeah, we have like two or three in the area. Um, well, more than that, but th- that had the fountains though that I can think of. Oh, yeah, yeah, I always wanted to reach in there and grab those quarters and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I would, I ain't gonna lie, when no one's looking, I, <laughs> I was saw a little kid, a I was like, you know what, if, if nobody sees me, I know I can reach that one down there. Yeah, I mean, like, who throws a quarter in a fountain? But there it is, you know what I mean? I can see pennies, yeah. but dude. <laughs> I just thought it was really interesting reading. I didn't know they were they were kind of uh, the concept was that early. In fact, I got a little note here. Um, Walt Disney himself um, had cited Victor Gruen as an influence for what he had come up with for Epcot, Epcot Center hmm. uh, in Disney World, which is again when I went to Epcot Center a couple years ago, I did like a little tour of what it was going to be and kind of what it turned out to be like a little tour type thing. Yeah. And they went through the history of his concepts, and they had drawings and everything. And it was very much similar. It was a very, like, um, almost like an indoors town type idea. And uh, Walt Disney had grander ideas. He wanted to build, like, a real city, like, with actual people living there, um, not just a theme park. But all that kind of got squashed, and it was just one of his ideas. But uh, it sounds like it's right in line with this guy's kind of mentality as well. But ironically, you know, America being America... We took that kind of socialist idea and said, "Nope, we're gonna we're gonna do a mass consumerism <laughs> right. type idea instead, and, and and capitalism and shops and cheap food and just money, 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 yeah. and that's kind of what the mall uh, kind of more more or less turned into as time went on." So in 1986, Consumer Reports named the shopping mall alongside the birth control pill, antibiotics, and the personal computer one of the top 50 wonders that had revolutionized uh, the lives of consumers. I think that's a pretty interesting statement, how profound the mall experience uh, was for a lot of Americans and a lot of uh, you know people in that era uh, of the mid-'80s. Because yeah. it was, um, for me, like I, we did a lot of mall hopping, we called it, as a kid. So sometimes we would take – my, my father would have a vacation – and we would take a week, and every day we would go to a different mall. So let's celebrate. Put on your Sunday best, kids. We're going to Sears. And we'd just go explore and experience, you know, the different malls. It was They were like wonders of the world back then. They were like grand and amazing things. You would go to these malls that were, you know, one was bigger than the next. And you would see how big the fountains were and how, how many levels they had and how many stores they had. It was all, it was really a kind of an amazing experience, um, you know, for my parents, especially growing up in the inner city with none of that kind of stuff and to move out to the suburbs, next thing you know, they're building all these fancy malls that anybody can go to for free and see all these luxurious surroundings and whatnot. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. Well, I think. and they were, pretty... they were as modern as it got, too. I mean, the newer the mall, the more modern the technology was. Yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? Like, I mean, heck, I mean, I know it seems kind of like quaint now, but even something like a escalator was pretty wild the first time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and every mall, well, maybe not everyone, but it felt like all of them had some form of an escalator in them. Yeah. And they just seemed so, so big 
especially when I was a kid, you would go into like we had a couple of malls close to me, but they were kind of smaller malls. And then we would travel to like, you know, a little bit further away, close to, to the city, Baltimore City. And there would be these larger malls and you would go in and they would have like two, two or three levels. And like you said, escalators and elevators and just giant fountains and courtyards. And I, it was just as a kid, it was like going to like Disney World almost, you know, it was pretty pretty cool experience just to see how they were designed and to see what kind of shops were in there and all that kind of stuff. So they were just fun to, to kind of explore. Um, and it was just a, a new concept. So it was, you know, a lot, a lot of excitement involved in it. But um, yeah, like you said, with that mega mall, that was actually built in the same, the same state, Minnesota, right? Yeah, I think it's um, in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, the the Mall of America. Hmm. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that's where it's from. Uh, it says here in my notes in Bloomington, okay. Minnesota. Maybe that's I'm not suburb of it. I don't need. I don't know, but it, but it feels like it's in the yeah. you know. But it's a it's still a thing that I believe is still kind of a big deal and a tourist attraction to to this day. But yeah, I think so. I mean, it says here that in that that was built in '92, and that was kind of the the peak in the final evolution of the modern mall. Um, it has 5.6 million square feet oh, and over 500 stores, a theme park, yeah. 27 rides, an aquarium. A wedding chapel and a movie theater. So that's what's in that mega mall. That's which wild, I've never man. Been to, but yeah, that's wild. That makes me want to book like a trip, man. That's crazy. Tomorrow, yeah. when the Mall of America opens, there are going to be 270 stores to to look through. But to, if that weren't enough, there are going to be 400 of them when this is all said and done and completed. And we want to show you what the shopping area layout will look like for the Mall of America. The four anchor department stores, Sears, Macy's, Nordstrom, and Bloomingdale's occupy the corners. Those are the anchor stores. Camp Snoopy, of course, is right in the middle of all of that, surrounding the theme park. Three levels of shops. It's, it's pretty amazing that they – I can't imagine the, the, the money and the resources it took to build something so so big and Well, complex, the vision. But. I mean, you know, you have to put that in the right spot because if not, man, you're yeah. going to have a big flop on your hands. <laughs> exactly. It's a crazy investment. So, you know, that was uh, – that was the 80s and 90s, and as we progressed into the 2000s, as we know, uh, consumer habits have changed quite considerably with Amazon and online shopping yep. and all that stuff. And the mall scene has pretty much shifted to a kind of a decay mode. <laughs> you know, they're 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 closing down pretty rapidly. Yeah. Um, I have a statistic here. Let's see here. They estimate that by 2022, one in four malls is expected to close. So, uh, I think I think there's uh, about 1,100 malls left that are still open and active. So, quite a, quite a few have closed down over the last you know decade or so. Uh, I think so. It's really on a decline because of not just consumer habits. I just think that, uh, and I'm just drawing from my own personal thoughts and experiences here. I just think that the excitement has worn down and it's just the trend is just over and 
I don't know about you, but we still have a couple of active malls in my area that people still go to and they still seem like they're doing pretty well. But a lot of them from my childhood are still there. Yeah. Um, and some of them have closed down and some of them are open, but barely like there's a, there's boarded up shops everywhere. And there's a couple of things kind of keeping it alive, but, um, there definitely is nothing like, like it used to be for sure. Well, back to your original concept for the mall. I wonder if the original one was outdoors because, um, in Fresno, we had this, uh, outdoor mall called the Fulton mall. And, um, it was originally, um, a mall that, you know, you would drive through and, um, you would park your car, you'd go to the different, there were all these stores concentrated in one area and there was fountains and art and a little, like a little circle for gathering and stuff like that. And then, um, then at some point, uh, they probably started seeing, you know, cause Fresno started moving North, you know, like started expanding North. Um, so they uh, probably, as a last-ditch effort to revitalize the mall, they made it. Uh, they they closed the road down, so it became a walking mall, which probably was the death knell for that mall because now it's a it's a considerably stretched out walk. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then and then indoor malls became the fashion. That's what everybody wanted was an indoor mall because then you had to deal with the elements. Um, they were. Com- comparing in Fresno, we have two big malls. Um, there's Manchester Center and there's Fashion Fair. Uh, Fashion Fair was the bigger of the two, and probably had well, not probably had more stores. And um, you know, I guess it just depends on what you wanted. It, and I think it had better anchors as well. But uh, but you know, Manchester Center held its own. Um, so you had these, and they were considerably north of the Fulton mall. But by the time I was a kid, the Fulton mall was dead. Um, but my, I would hear mm. my grandmother would still mm. go to Penny's there. They still had their, and one of the anchors were left there. And, um, eventually she just stopped going to it altogether. And we would just go to uh, fashion fair. She was more of a fashion fair shopper. My parents were more of a Manchester center shopper. Um, both, mm. the, uh, Manchester center had, they both had fountains, big fountains in them. Um, they both had escalators, uh, even though, um, the difference was the, well, actually, uh, JC Penney's had an upstairs, so that was kind of cool. It had a, so as a kid, like when I went with my grandmother, if she was shopping for me, I'd kind of play on the escalators going up and down kind of thing. But they also had one that went downstairs, which I thought was even cooler in Woolworths. Um, the downstairs hmm. part was the boys department and the toy department. So to go in there, that was always fun. That's mm. I would get Star Wars figures there. That's the first place I ever seen a Game Boy was in World Wars. Oh, wow. Um, uh, and uh, I remember uh, seeing it sitting next to the NES, and they were the same price. And I remember thinking, like, why would anybody buy a Game Boy when the Nintendo, <laughs> you know, it wasn't an NES, it was a Nintendo. When the Nintendo mm-hmm, looks better, mm-hmm. the games are better. Why would you buy a Game Boy? And uh, my friend Marshall um no no offense marshall if you ever tune in which i know he never will but um (laughs) you know he he was kind of a you know um, he he i don't want to say dumber but i mean let's just call it that let's just keep it simple (laughs) he 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 was more of a mechanic let's put it that way um not that mechanics (laughs) are dumb i'm just meaning uh, you know he he didn't do good in math let's put it that way but i you know in that moment he just said and it was so simplistic and i remember thinking like how did i not get there but he's just like yeah but the game boy's portable 
And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> I no! guess that's the draw. <laughs> like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but I was more of a console at home guy. So anyway, that's side story. Oh, yeah, but Woolworths was a was a really fun store. But um, the mall experience was always great, man. Like I, I even to this day though, um, both malls are still open. Even though Manchester Center is kind of it's a dead mall, it's a dying mall. They keep trying to do things to revitalize it. Um, it has things in its parking lot that still do well. They have, they've since uh, taken out some of the parking and added some of the the newer, trendier fast food places like the Habit and I think there's a Starbucks. There's a couple things like that in the parking lot, and then um, they also have a, a a big movie theater in the backside of it, which was cool because that was that one never had a movie theater. Um, neither did Fashion Fair for that matter, but there's a third mall in the area in Clovis, which that one had a movie theater. It's a Sierra Vista Mall, which is it's pretty close. Um, so that's kind of the three malls that I used to work with as a kid. And, uh, yeah, so back to what you originally said. Um, no, this original mall, if you're talking about that one in 1956, it was not an outdoor mall. It was oh, okay. The, so was it was an indoor? Of, okay. It was an indoor, and that that's the mall that all the modern malls are kind of based off of. Hmm. It, it was the first indoor, that was the first indoor mall like that, that had an indoor courtyard, indoor shopping. That was that was that's, the first one. Well, of that's crazy. Kind. I wonder what made them make an outdoor so. mall in Fresno, these wild this is like let's yeah. let's take the roof off. I got an idea. Let's add <laughs> let's add rain to the shopping experience. Well, they probably saved a lot of money with not putting a roof on. Maybe that was it. <laughs> I guess, man. It's like well, anyway, it didn't last. So me, so. me as a kid in in Maryland, um, as a kid, there were uh, three main malls in my general area. There was Jumpers Mall, which was a pretty small, like an L shaped mall. It was just like a hall. We called it Jumpers Hall. It was like a hallway. It was like a joke, but yeah. Jumpers Mall was the oldest one, I think, and it had your standard Walden books and like a, you know, I think a tape, you know, back then it was tapes, tapes and records, record shop in it, a couple of food stores and clothing stores, and I think it had one like a, you know, J.C. Penney or something at the end. Then down the road from there, there was Herondale Mall, and then there was Glen Burnie Mall. So there, those were the three malls, and then later, they they were they built a big new mall. And this was when I was getting closer to being a teenager. And this was Marley Station. And it was all the talk. And it was like this big modern mall they built right in, in Pasadena where I grew up. Come experience the excitement of Macy's, Hex, and the dazzling array of stores that are Marley Station. Ritchie Highway at Route 100. Um, so that was what we would refer to the new mall or Marley Station. And that's where I spent most of my teenage years, well, as far as dating and, and hanging out. That's the mall that everybody went to because it had the big open, like, sit-down courtyard type thing and an elevator and it was like super fancy for the time um and of course we all you know it was kind of like the a rich person's mall even though it really wasn't but right for my parents it wasn't like you know you had uppity stuff and jewelry stores and mm -hmm. you know nicer food and that kind of a thing but i spent my teenage years you know my wife and i um during our dating years would spend so much time that was the place to go because we we wanted to be alone or, you know, without our parents, so we would go walk the mall. Right. So that was the term that we used. We would go walk the mall. And um, 
there was a movie theater there, so I saw countless movies in that Marley Station Mall uh, movie theater. I know I saw Terminator 2 there. I know I saw Lord of the Rings movies there. I saw, because that was a little bit later, but that was when we went back and dated as adults. But I saw um, a Batman, uh, Tim Burton's Batman in that theater, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that theater. Um, I didn't see, I saw I saw a Return of the Jedi in Herondale Mall. Or no, Glen Burnie Mall. They had a theater there as well. Anyway, I'm on a tangent here. That's I'm just, okay. <laughs> I'm just like reminiscing in my own head. But anyway, the the mall experience as a kid was something that it was very lots of fond memories going there. And as I said before, mall hopping and experiencing all the different malls that were in the surrounding area. But really, more as a teenager, um, I have a lot of memories hanging out with my wife and my friends and stuff like that. We would go hang out at the mall. And before I met my wife, we'd go out, we would go to the mall with my friends and, and look at girls and, you know, try to <laughs> get numbers and stuff like that. So it was, it was just a place for teenagers to go. It was relatively safe. There was never any kind of, you know, safety issues. We were allowed to go there by ourselves and get dropped off and, and get our, another set of parents to take us home later and hang out there all day long. So I have a lot of memories and experiences that, at our local mall. Did, did you get to do those things too? Like uh, well, go hang yeah. out there for like a half a day kind oh, of thing sure. and yeah. have like somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not as much in the earlier stage of life. That was more like, uh, you know, let's say preteen was more, um, yeah. going with, uh, my grandmother or my parents or like a friend's mom, that kind of thing. Um, uh, more in the teenage years for sure. Um, that was a cool place yeah. to go. Cause you know, like, you get some money, go to the mall, you know, maybe go to Suncoast video or what was it? Suncoast records. You get to get a new cassette or, or a CD or VHS or something. Um, and then, you know, of course they, the toy stores there, you know, go for video games, stuff like that. Um, the Manchester mall, KB toy and hobby, KB toy and hobby was the only toy store I ever saw in a mall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they didn't call it. Well, here they, I, at least as far as I remember, it was always just KB Toys, but I'm assuming it's the same. I mean, obviously it's the same. Well, it had changed to that. When I was when they first sprung on the scene, they were called KB Toy and Hobby, and then later they were just called KB, KB Toys, Toys, I think. Yeah, we probably didn't yeah. get the hobby thing, because I think the hobby was like probably what more like train enthusiasts and wood toys and stuff like that. I think models they had trains, and they had model rockets and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah, think that's the, why they threw the hobby thing in there. Right, that's where the hobby was because we also had a toy store which second day it had nothing to do with this, but it was Arthur's Toys and they had a hobby section in the in their toy mm-hmm. store too. And there was always stuff like that, model trains and rockets and yeah, cool stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, that wasn't really my forte. I was more into you know actual Same toys. Here, I didn't want to build the toy. I want to play with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, right. yeah, but you know, uh, even it just it, throughout the years, it would change, and you know, then you're in the clothes or, or whatever, you know what I mean? So then you would go there for, you know, like for sports apparel. There was a sports shop there, and get hats and jerseys and things yeah. like that. And um, you know, weird. Th- one of the things too is kind of weird. Like the very first Carl's Jr. I don't. Do you have Carl's Jr. over there? Or is it Hardee's? Or do you have them both? I don't Hard, know. Hardee's. I, I never heard of Carl's Jr. Well, Carl's Jr. is the West Coast version of Hardee's. They're the same company. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 essentially, it seems like they have the same menu, too, for that matter. I don't know why they changed the names. I don't know, Maybe they didn't think Hardee's would work well on the West Coast, but it's called Carl's Jr. here. <laughs> um, it's got that little star and everything. You know, it's the same thing. Um, oh, okay. 
Yeah, but the first time I ever went to Carl's Jr., it was in the mall in Fashion Fair, and I remember, uh, you know, it was I think it was maybe during Christmas time or maybe it was back to school. But my my mother and my grandmother, we were shopping for me, for something, and uh, we went there to eat. And I was just like, whoa, like I said, what is that? That's a salad bar? Like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, well, who would buy a salad instead of a hamburger, you know? <laughs> it's like crazy. He's like, why would you do that? But um, That's funny. And that was the first place I ever seen where you could pour your own drink. Like, they were so ahead of the time. Like, they, they, I, wow. that was, I never, like, I was like, what? You could pour your own drink and you can refill it? It was insane. But, um, yeah, I remember when that was a new concept. I remember—I don't remember where I saw it, but I remember when that first hit the scene, and then everybody started copying that. But back in the day, you had to go up and ask for more, like across the counter. You had to pay you had for to pay it. Extra yeah, for it. you had to buy yeah. it again. Sometimes they would reduce the price, yeah. but usually you just had to buy another soda. It was crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was almost the way they had the uh, the way they had it set up. I I I don't know if it was kind of buffet style almost because it that was the first place i noticed like you can get all the drinks you want without a buffet like you go, go get more drink get more ice cream get more whatever you can get anything you want so when i we went to this particular one you could refill your own drink it was just mind-blowing to me i was like what i could have more <laughs> you know what i mean like so yeah but yeah mall experience was always so fun man yeah i mean there's so many like i bought my wife's engagement ring and wedding ring at at marley station mall and um, I bought countless video games and and clothing apparel. All, you know that was where everybody went to do their shopping and and get there. There was an electronics boutique back in the day, which mm-hmm. turned into EB I games. guess EB Games, I guess. Yeah. But that they back then they had like computer games and you know b- you know PC games and video games for consoles as well. It was more like an electronics store. You can buy other like computers there, I think, mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and then it slowly morphed into just like more video games as the PC scene kind of, kind of trickled away. But anyway, I actually went back to that mall just a few weeks ago with my son. We were at work working in that area, and I, I was like, I wonder if Marley Station Mall is still like open. So we we had some time to kill, so I pulled in there, and sure enough, it's still open. And I had not been in that mall since I was probably in my twenties. Maybe even my late teens. I don't know if I ever went there as, as a married person, but um, I went back there and I it, nothing had changed. All the stuff, you know, the style. They had the neon, like lights everywhere. It was very like eighties themed. That's like, so pink cool. And blue. It's so old. It, it became it really cool, cool again. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Man. So I walked through there and I, I took a bunch of footage and stuff, and I'll 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 put some pictures on Discord because I don't think or maybe I'll make a little video on YouTube and I'll post that. That'd be cool. The link to that on Discord. Maybe I'll do a little video um, montage or something, but sure enough, it was uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia waves were just kind of flooding over me. I was like, oh my gosh, I was showing Bobby all the stuff. Uh, Mommy, Daddy, we used to eat over here, and we would hold hands and walk over here, and this is where I bought her wedding ring, and it was really cool to walk through there um, and experience them all again. It was, you know, it's it's like half dead. Every other store is like yeah, boarded up, but sucks. it's still it's still kind of there, and the food court's still there. The movie theater is still there. Um, but a lot of it was closed down, but it has all the same decor, all the same like wooden seats and the same like art sculptures. Nothing had changed uh, since I was a teenager. So it was really cool to walk back through there. And, and speaking of that, there's a whole new scene now of uh, on like YouTube and there's like documentaries about dead malls. Yep. And it's a really fun thing to kind of delve into and see um, some of these malls have like trees growing up in them because they, they're, they're completely like abandoned now. 
Um, and there's like people that go explore these malls and everything. Um, and there's a couple documentaries. I can't remember the name of them, but I was, I started watching one the other night because my wife pointed me towards it. And I, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be interesting. So I'll have to figure out what the name of it is um, and, and put it in a Discord or something. But there's plenty of content out there if you're interested in kind of checking out what the malls, uh, the, the state of the malls are right now and how some of them are um, almost becoming like kind of interesting things to look at because they're they're not boarded up like you would see like in the city. A lot of them are are like have like growth like trees and stuff like going out of control and everything it's really almost yeah, like in a just, video game or they're something. just letting they have, it like, go back to like uh, dystopian yeah. <laughs> future letting nature take it back over yeah it's it's a really interesting scene um in fact i have a note here uh let's see here i wrote a sentence uh, hundreds of malls have already been pronounced dead the dead mall has even become its own aesthetic capturing the imaginations of several internet photographers and filmmakers so yeah there's a lot of content out there uh w- with people filming and photographing uh, these dead malls. It's pretty, pretty interesting. So, well, our fashion fair mall is still alive and booming. Um, I went there recently uh, for doing some Christmas shopping and it was as full as it's ever been. I mean, it obviously there's been a lot of change over in the stores. They've shifted their door. I, rem- I used to work at a gas station that was across the street from it. And this was a, uh, Real early 2000s, like 2001 or 2000, something like that. And uh, the owner of the mall uh, happened to come in there to get gas. And I don't really know how he ended up, you know, like telling me that. But somehow we started talking and he was telling me, you know, he told me he was the owner of the mall. And and that and, and all these things, he was he had a vision and that he wanted it just to be a clothing mall. So he, as soon as people's leases were up, he was evicting them. And I remember thinking like, oh man, you're not going to evict the game store, are you? Because me and my coworker, we'd go across the street and buy the new, at the time, um, the Nintendo, uh, the SP was out, right? The Game Boy Advance Mm -hmm. SP. So we, you know, we had just like, we both uh, took turns uh, playing hooky, uh, running across the street, going over there. Well, actually I went and bought us both. He gave me his money and I went, we, I ran across the street and I bought, uh, Zelda the four store uh, four swords and so we, mm-hmm. we we'd link our game boys up and we were sitting there playing behind the counter and we were <laughs> yeah we our boss wasn't getting his money's worth that day but uh anyways <laughs> he was telling us how he you know he had this vision and he was going upscale he wanted all upscale clothing stores and I tell you his vision worked because when you go through there it's booming they keep adding new businesses they've expanded the mall um, added on to it for where wow. it used to be for what it used to be um uh, the all the major anchors are still there except for gotch chocks went out of business i think it i think the whole corporation went out of business but um that was one of the anchors but the other anchor on the other side uh, macy's it's still booming uh, jc Penney's is still there so two of the big three anchors are still there uh, matter of fact they got two macy's store in there they got the basic macy's and then they have macy's for men so it's in the in they're in different sections. Oh. You got Macy's, the main Macy's on one end, and around the middle area, the the Macy's for men. Um, and I go there for you know cologne or um, sometimes I'll go there to catch their sales because uh, you, know, you can get some nice clothes on the cheap sometimes. And um, yeah, we we still have a um, a very active mall. It's one of the only ones in my area in Maryland that I know of that's that's fairly active and that's in annapolis uh which is our state capital 
Um, but Annapolis Mall is thriving, and every time I go there, it's it's all the stores are open. There's no like boarded up stores, and it's seems to be doing fairly well. So why some malls? Maybe it's just the fact that that one stayed open, and anybody that would go to the other malls would just go to that mall, and just by kind of default, it remains kind of active because it's the only one around. But or maybe it's just they made better choices. I'm not really sure location or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's still a mall that I go to today, and there's still a movie theater there. Um, there's still a food court, and there's still there's an EB Games in there, and there's um, you know kiosks in the middle, and Starbucks, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's still there's still active malls uh, that are plenty that seem to be thriving, or at least at least doing well enough to you know stay open. But uh, the anchor stores are like that. This one had a Sears, and that's closed. So yeah. the Sears now is just empty. Um, and I think it, ha- it has a Macy's. I think that's still open, and it had a J.C. Penney. No, it had a Lord and Taylor, and I think that closed. So it it is constantly kind of going through those cycles of of the bigger stores closing and them repurposing them, but um, yeah. So that that is the one that in our area that's still now that's still active. what what yeah. was your store for uh, video games? Did you have a video game store? Was it the the electronics boutique? Is that where you got all your stuff at? As a kid, yeah. no. Um, I did I did buy them as a teenager because that again that Marley Station Mall uh, had popped up when I was older. And they had the electronics boutique, which again turned into, I think, EB Games. So I did buy some games, probably like um, N64 era stuff okay. in that store. But when I was a kid, you know, Atari, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, I would always buy those at the toy stores. Like uh, we had a K- Kitty City in Maryland. Okay. Um, and, and we did have a Toys R Us as well, but Kitty City was the main place I remember buying my video games. Well, the Manchester so, Center had uh, this store called Home Express. And if there was something that, like, if you could take a snapshot of the 80s, it would have been in this store because it had, like, the clear <laughs> phones and the, you know, like, the neon mm. signs. And it was, like, it was just really cool. And I, can, I can't really find any information about that. A friend of mine did find a YouTube video on it a few years back and sent it to me, but it was very grainy. But uh, they had a, they had one of those Nintendo station setups, the, you know, the, um, mm. what, what am yeah. I, you know what I'm talking about, the Nintendo headquarters. Uh, what am I trying to? World of Nintendo. It was a World of Nintendo setup where there was a section okay. that was dedicated to Nintendo. It had the oh, it had okay. the big sign. It had you know the lock case with all the games hanging on it. It had a Nintendo display setup that you could play and all that. Um, so as a teenager, or at least early early teens, like 13, 14, something like that. Um, I would take my yard, you know, like I'd cut my grandparents' yard and I'd, you know, cut them a couple times. I'd go over there and buy a game. And uh, and it's crazy to think about. They still had like a return policy. Like if you didn't like the game, you could bring it back. And then oh. I took a game back and I guess they had just changed their policy. So <laughs> they made me sign in. Because then I, because when I walked up, I had read the sign right behind the reg and I hated it. I didn't want the game. I, it's not what I wanted. It was well. I think I told the story before. It was Rygar, and I, it wasn't like the arcade. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was reading that sign. It's like we only take it back if it's defective. So then I start looking in the back, like, oh, I hope they don't have another copy because they'll probably make me take that one. And they didn't. Right. <laughs> so they made me sign an affidavit and everything. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, this is legal. If it's not right, we will sue you. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember even at that age, I was thinking like, what are they gonna take a 12 year old to court i don't think so you know what i mean so 
right. I uh, swapped it for Tiger Heli, and I was happy with my decision. Even though years later, I think the game was that Rygar is pretty good. I, I should have gave it a chance, but but it was a really great store, man. I had a lot of That's fun cool. there. It was it was a really cool place to go to and mess around. First time I ever saw an answering machine was in there. You know, like weird stuff like that. Oh, they man. had all like the new cutting, like whatever was the cutting edge technology at the time was there. So it was real right. VCRs and stuff like that. I was like, whoa, I've never seen one of these before. <laughs> well, one more interesting thing I want to mention about Marley Station Mall. I just think it's a really cool uh, piece of my Maryland culture and, and history. So when they built that mall... There's this little little uh, Dairy Queen uh, place called Ann's Dairy Queen, and it was like this famous little um, family-run, uh, I don't know what to call it, like a little restaurant. You didn't eat it there. You got like chili dogs and ice cream, and they were like world famous. It even says on the sign, world famous uh, chili dogs, foot-long hot dogs. Uh-huh. And man, they have the best food there. It, it's you know, it's not good quality food, I guess, but it was they were just so good. And when the mall was built, they were trying to buy that space because they wanted to, you know, put the mall and it was part of like the parking lot area. And they would not budge. They said no. And they refused to be bought out. And I think that's a really cool story of like this little this little mom pa shop yeah. sticking their grounds and probably they probably turned down a lot of money. And to this day, that is still there. Okay, they had to build I, like the I'm glad entrance that you're to that. <laughs> the mall. <laughs> yeah, they had to build. They had to. You had. They had. You had to curve around the Air, Ann's Dairy Queen to get into the mall parking lot. It's so hysterical. But okay, you're gonna have to take fact, some video of Ann's Dairy Queen. Okay, that's gonna have to be yeah, some will, sort of follow up video. You go there and it's order it's the coolest food. thing in the world. And if you go in there, they have a placard on the wall with the newspaper article that talks about how they refused to move and the mall had to build the parking lot and redesign everything because it's so it's kind of right in the front of the mall <laughs> where you would go that's in. That's great. And and there there to this day is Ann's Dairy Queen. And you well, it sounds like they made the right decision then if they if this business yeah. has continued. Now, if it went out of business, well, that would have been horrible. But you know. It was a cultural thing. You know, this this was a very unique place. It, it was kind of famous for this. You would go in there, right? And this place would be jam-packed. Mm-hmm. And they would, you would have, like, people just crowded in there. You, there was really no line. And it, it somehow they they made this work. And the, the people behind the counter, you must it must have been a prere- prerequisite to have, like, an amazing memory. Because they would point to somebody and say, what do you want? And you would say, I want a chili, chili dog with onions, extra chili, uh, make sure the bun is crispy, order fries, you know, a large milkshake. And then they would just point to somebody else, what do you want? And they would go down the road like five people. And then they would, and then you, you would be like, if you went there a lot, you know that they would get, they would never make a mistake. But people that were, didn't go there a lot, they were like, are you going to write this down? Are you sure? No, but they would never make a mistake. It was the coolest experience in the world. You would go in there and they would just kind of point at people, ask what they want and turn around and start making everything. And they never got anything wrong. It was always like perfect. So it's a really neat kind of like cultural experience to go in there. Very unique to the to the area, and it's so cool that that place is still there. And they kind of like stuck it to the man, so to speak, and they wouldn't budge, and they wouldn't. They turned down probably a lot of money, and they they stayed there. And it's just a really cool story, I think. So I think it's great. I had man. to kind of mention Anne's Dairy Queen because to this day, that's one of. The, I used to go there as a kid, and it's still there. So it's really cool that I can go there if I want today and get a hot dog if I want and a milkshake. Well. So. Whenever I come I and visit you, we're going to have to make a trip to Ann's Dairy oh, Queen. No doubt. No doubt. Sounds good, man. So, okay, moving on to kind of like phase two of our topic here. 
you know, in a lot of these malls that I would frequent as a kid, there were arcades and kind of, they go kind of go hand in hand, you know, with the same kind of mall concept, this kind of unique social experience for kids and really especially teenagers to have a place to congregate and hang out and obviously enjoy this really cool technology called arcade games. And um, there's a lot to go over about that as well. So what was your, what is your earliest experiences in the arcade? Well, my early experience in an arcade wasn't at a mall per se, but my earliest uh, mall experience arcade uh, would have been, um, there was a, the fashion fair didn't have one, but Manchester had a small one or decent sized one. And uh, uh, the, the Sierra Vista, the one that's the, in the adjacent city, uh, that one had one as well. So they're pretty cool. Of course, there was always kind of like almost like that cover that Nintendo game I was talking about, like those purple walls with triangle, yellow triangle, you know, like that kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I know there was a chain of those that were in different malls. I'm not quite sure if this was a chain or a knockoff, but they had one in the Sierra Vista Mall, had one right by the front, like one of the doors that you came into. If you took an immediate left, you were right into the arcade. Um. So I didn't get a ton of that action early on. So my earlier experience with arcades were more like actual, like traditional arcades, um, you know, like a, just an actual standalone arcade. Or um, one of the, like one of my favorite arcades I used to go to was in this bowling alley across the street from my mom's house, and it had like a legit like 30, 40 arcade cabinets and pinball machines and. And, uh, you know, you'd go over there with like a you know dollar or two. My mom would give me a couple of dollars. And, of course, you know, you use up your quarters quick. And then, you know, I'm, I'm looking under machines or standing around watching other people play, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, it was just escapism, man. And, and, you, and it was like uh, having this freedom and independence. You know, when you went to the arcade, your parents were going to go with you. I mean, maybe the occasion. Uh, there was a... Malibu Grand Prix, that was an arcade that my dad would go to. He would take us because they had a little racetrack and he used to like to. It, they must have been a war, like a Warner Brothers affiliate, sort of, because um, it was uh, it was branded. It had uh, like a Roadrunner course. So when you go out there, it'd be the Roadrunner. Like, <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be this tall or whatever. And I think there was like Wiley Coyote uh, standees and stuff like that. Um, and I think the different helmets had the Warner Brother, char- you know, like the Looney Tune characters on them. Um, so that oh, was kind of cool. But I was more, I didn't really care as much about the cars. I was kind of more into the arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. That was that was my jam, man. Um, but, you know, arcades, or at least especially just the games themselves, were they were everywhere. You know? You oh, could, yeah. It wouldn't yeah. matter you went to a convenience store or a restaurant uh, I remember yeah. just even in the town I live in now, there was like this little hole in the wall restaurant called Kay's Kitchen. And, you know, when I'd come to visit my grandparents, you know, they didn't eat out a lot. But, you know, um, you know, like it would be like, well, the kitchen's closed tonight and we're going to go out to eat. So, you know, sometimes we'd go to town or whatever, but other times we'd just go right down to Kay's Kitchen. And, you know, I always knew that I'd get to play at least one or two games. They'd give me a couple of quarters. 
and I remember there was a Tron there one time. And of course, you know, oh, was, my favorite. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, man. And, you know, just to try to figure out which one you were good at, you know what I mean? Because, you know, they had like that select screen where you could play the, uh-huh, you get yeah, to choose yeah. which one. And I found out that I was kind of good at the spider web one, or, you know, where the, all the spiders are coming yep. down. So I was good at that one. And, you know, like, uh, the motorcycle bike when you had to box them off like i think now i'd probably be really good at that but as a kid it was always just pure luck you know what i mean like if i would beat that stage <laughs> yeah. or whatever and, and then i think there was another one where you're like a tank or something shooting at each other if i remember yes. correctly yep there was a tank one there was the one where you're the guy shooting up at the cone thing right yeah like you know kind of like about? a yeah the cone thing it was kind of like a breakout sort of yeah, yeah. Sort of like a breakout. So I think there was four, four or five versions. Something uh, like that. Different games. Yeah, and I was good at that one too. Um, but I just, it was just so awesome, man. It was like being in the future. You know what I mean? Like when you're playing a game like that. You know, there was obviously more basic arcade games. But even in this little town, um, arcades were so popular and arcade machines were so popular. Like there was, you know, a little liquor store that had one, there was another liquor store that had mm-hmm. three. There was a, a laundry mat that had three, um, and it was so popular at the time. Even a small town, which only had maybe like two or three hundred people in it, they opened up an, a little arcade, and it had about ten or fifteen, wow. um, you know, arcade machines in it. And I would go down there and play, and it lasted about two or three years. And eventually, they went out of business. And then years later, they opened up a pizza parlor, and it had a little arcade in it, which had about. Um, eight or nine machines in it, and that was the first place I always I ever saw a Nintendo uh, players or the Nintendo, the uh, Nintendo Choice Play, uh, play, play Choice, Choice 10. Ten. Yeah, so Play Choice Ten. Yeah, was the first time I ever seen one of those. First time I ever saw Mario Brothers was in that arcade, and uh, I remember thinking wow. like, what's the big deal? Like I, what I didn't like about it is it had like a timer on it or something, right? Have you ever played a Play Choice Ten? Mm-hmm, yeah, like there was some I sort did, of timer yeah. on it. Yeah. So like if you were playing Super Mario. Um, I guess if you're skilled enough to know where the warp pipes and all that was, you could probably beat it on a quarter. But other than that, I think you had a. I don't think you could. I think you had to add another couple of quarters to be able to get through the whole game, especially if you were going every level or every stage. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never played that as a kid. I've only seen that as an adult in arcades. But yeah, yeah much like yourself, I mean, as a kid, arcades were arcade cabinets were everywhere. I most notably. You always saw them in Pizza Huts. Oh, yeah. At least around where I was. Absolutely. Pizza parlors, um, for sure. Yeah, 7-Elevens. Always had a couple of them in the corner. Yep. Um, you can play. Um, where I lived, the roller rink. Yes, had that was another one. And yep. I have a lot of... Some of my probably most vivid memories of playing arcade machines was in the roller rink. So that's where I played Star Wars for the first time. And I think Tron as well. Uh, Gauntlet. All this, A lot of the... Uh, uh, joust you know a lot of the classic arcades i played in the, in the roller rink but all the malls that i mentioned before the four malls they all had arcades in them um but we didn't have any like standalone like a separate just arcade building except for if you went down to the boardwalk in ocean city maryland um there was a couple of arcades on the boardwalk and that that was my own experience that was that i went to where it was just an arcade but did, and nothing else did you have like a chuck e cheese or a showbiz pizza something like that oh yeah yeah we had chuck e cheese but that was a little bit later i think uh well i mean i was a i was a kid but th- that was in my early years but th- those popped up 
probably when I was maybe around 12-ish years old. Yeah, when I was like but, um, 8 or 9, I think we got a Chuck E. Cheese, and they started, I don't know, it was really early on, and they started like, you know, those commercials were everywhere. Buy a Chuck E. Cheese, you can act like a kid, you can have more fun than you ever did. You can giggle, you can wiggle, you can flip your I got a birthday party there, and that was the first time I ever played the Star Wars cabinet. And I was just like, this is oh, amazing. Man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think they gave me, like, I don't know, $10 or something to play, which felt like a fortune, you know, all those quarters. I think I used oh, every yeah. single one of them on that. There was a couple other machines. I'm sure I played Ms. Pac-Man, and um, I used to like to play Mr. Do and, and a couple other ones. But I, the majority of that 10 went to to uh star wars like that was so cool man yeah i had limited limited experiences going to chuck e cheese because that would have been an event like somebody's birthday party like my parents wouldn't just take me there to go to chuck e cheese for the heck of it that that no heck no that would never happen because it was expensive that wasn't like a you know you're already at the mall go ahead and wander into the arcade it's you know and, and watch some people play or here's a couple quarters when you went to chuck e cheese you had to buy the food you had to, you had to get the packages of coins you know couldn't just throw a quarter and you had to get tokens right right well you could so right, you had put the dollar in them they had the machine but yeah, i know what you're saying yeah so we never went there as a family just to go for fun no that was always either i went there for somebody's birthday party i don't think i ever had a birthday party there no in fact i know i didn't but you know i probably remember going there maybe a handful of times in my childhood maybe four or five times total but we also had generic Chuck E. cheeses called um i think frontier town and it was a similar thing, but yeah. it was like dogs, like mechanical dogs right. instead of Chuck E. Cheese. It was the same exact thing, just, you know, different characters. Sure. But that was a little cheaper because it wasn't, it was like off brand. Yeah, they're know? like, it was like the bootleg, as you would the, say, the bootleg yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> but that's that. I had more experiences going to them than, than actual Chuck E. Cheese. Well, we had but. another one called Peter Piper Pizza, and that had, hmm. uh, that had arcade in it. And, you know, they would have their own tokens. That was kind of another thing. What about the tokens? I mean, since we're just talking about arcade specifically, like, um, do you have any fond memories of the tokens? Was there anything that stood out to you? Like, I always thought it was kind of neat how the the Chuck E. Cheese token, they actually put the years on them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they tried to make it really look like yeah. a quarter. You know what I mean? It was kind of cool. Like, it had Chucky on the front, like he was the president. And on the back, it had, you know, the name of the, you know, but you know what I mean? It was kind of neat. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Chuck E. Cheese is probably the only place I can think of that had the tokens. Everywhere else, you just put quarters in. Dude, I re even remember going to the airport, okay? Like, the airport had an arcade. And we would wow. go, when we would go pick up, uh, my my aunt and uncle would come, and my two cousins, they would come from o Ohio every two years. So it was always kind of an event. You know, I'd go with my grandparents wow. to go pick them up, or even to go drop them off. And, um, you know, it was, you, you know, going to the airport was kind of like, it was fun. You know what I mean? You can see the planes, you could walk through the airport freely. Not like now, but you know, then you can go all the way up to the gate and watch them leave. Well, they had an air, they had an arcade in it. And I remember playing in there. I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, can I go back to the airport? You know, Chris arcades were so popular that even according to John Carpenter, even remote research, facilities in the north pole or the arctic had arcade machines in them <laughs> well they had in the thing right? they had to right <laughs> there's, 
I mean, the effort it took to lug one of those things, what, on a helicopter and drop it down or something? But they still had one in the research facility there. Well, they the they were Antarctic. they were scientists. They could have put it together if they had to. So they could have got pieces <laughs> mailed to them. But but even like like our okay like our fair like what, the county fairs they um, not the smaller fair I'd go to, but the Fresno fair and the Madera fair they would have an outside arcade. It would have a a top on it, you know, like to help with the sun or whatever, or you know, like a tent almost. Like yeah, it would be like in a tent, I suppose. But um, they would have arcades at the fair. So, I mean, it was to think like now, like you just never would. They wouldn't do anything. Well, first off, like arcades are are dead. I mean, they're now you got the barcades, I guess. But um, or if there's just happened to be those those historic ones that stayed open, like maybe on uh, Jersey Shore or something like that. But um but yeah, at this point, though, they're playing on off nostalgia yes. alone. They're not. I mean, video games are online now. Everybody's at home playing them. That is the new thing. So well, they don't make new ones either, right? I mean, unless unless you go to something like Dave and Buster's or something where they make new games, but they're mostly it's so they're mostly for yeah. tickets and stuff like that, right? It's so disheartening. I, I go back to my Ocean City Boardwalk as an adult, and the arcades are still there. But it's ninety nine percent ticket machines, right? And there's like one or two classic machines. Well, I might be exaggerating. There might be five. Right. There might be one or two like classics, and they'll have like a big like Batmobile one or like a big dinosaur sure. one, like a modern one, the Jurassic Park, and that's whatever. it. It's yeah. almost all gambling, and it's like, oh, this is so disheartening to me. Well, so I, is, I remember when of... Chuck E. Cheese made the shift with uh with my yeah, children. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that, that was one of our go-tos for birthday parties. Cause it's not, you know, it's, it's less work on the mom. You know, we can go there, we budget it in, you get, you know, X, you get 10 kids, you know, up to 10 for the package. Every one of them gets a cup of tokens. They get a cup with $5 of tokens or whatever in it. And, um, but I remember going with them thinking like, dude, I'm going to get extra tokens. I'm going to go play games. And I'm like, what the heck? And it's. It's all these ticket machines. Like that's essentially yeah. all it was was ticket machines. There was like one or two like actual arcade machines or you know like a classic arcade machine, but even then they weren't even original. It was like a split between yeah, or yeah. Galaga and Ms. Pac-Man, you know, which yep. is awesome, but uh-huh. you know what I mean? Or it'd be like one of those multi ones where you could choose, you know, basically they were a yep. mame or whatever, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, yeah, that that's the only ones they had at the Ocean City Boardwalk too, or thing ones like that. And then again, all the new modern ones. And what's weird too is you see like cell phone games, yeah, like on the on a big screen, like like Flappy Bird, right? And like some f- like fish game, like all these like little real quick like Fla- quick flash games, games, right? <laughs> yeah, like who yeah, was that? It's so weird. Yeah, and they're pumping out tickets too. Yep. Like the the regular arcade are, are pumping out tickets. I, I don't know. It's like they have to throw the gambling thing in there. Like I played that. You ever see those new like um, Space Invaders games? It's like real big. You're right. Yeah. Cool, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But I haven't played them yet. But I, they I have played... a big uh, championship, like Ms. Pac Man one too, from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. So I played that. It was really fun, and I got off the seat and I did really well. And I, I noticed all these tickets were pumping out of it. I was like, what is it giving me tickets for? I was just playing a video. I was playing yeah. an arcade game. So like f- 50 tickets popped out of this so thing. So what did you buy with the like, tickets? Gonna... Yeah, a spider ring probably. Uh, <laughs> it's a vampire teeth, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the arcade experience is... Um, 
like I said, it's kind of found a resurgence, like with the barcades, and yeah. there are a couple of um, ones that I can frequent today, but they're they're appealing to adults. Um, kids don't want to go there and play like you know, like you said, Pac Man and all these old games. They they don't have much interest in them. No, and that's why they're bars. They're for people adults, our age yeah. to go to. But it's still great that they they exist because. You can still, if you look hard enough, when you go on vacation and stuff, you can always probably find, you know, some retro arcade somewhere um, nearby. Well, they still that, have a few around the country, fun. right? Because they still do these um, arcade challenges for world records, like seen in uh, that um, that Donkey Kong. You, you watch that Donkey Kong documentary, King of Kong. right? Oh, King yeah. of Kong, like five times, right? Yeah, of oh, course, yeah. I, I own it, so I watch it all the time. But um. But even like Galloping Ghost, that's another big one that's still around. I think that's in like I've Chicago or I've whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I have that a friend was awesome. Who goes that was a lot. great experience. Yeah. yeah. I went there when we went to C3. Yeah. Uh, with, with the Cartridge Club. And um, it was fascinating. I mean, we went in there. I think you spent 20 bucks and that. And then everything's on free play, like 24 right? 24 hours. Yeah. You could even go and come back um, if you want, as long as it was the same day. And they had like every arcade machine you could imagine. I think it was over 500 they had in this That's arcade. A, yeah, see, I got to go to that. It was that sounds awesome. I mean, anything you could think of they had. And they all worked fairly well. I don't think I stumbled but upon maybe like two or three that didn't work. But they were all on, all active. I don't know how much their power bill cost, but... It was it was quite the experience. It was really fun. Well, but think, so that, think that about a, think about that other aspect to it. It's like how many people out there can still repair these things? I know. Yeah. You know, like that are. I mean, yeah. obviously, if a person's intelligent, they can read or you know they can look up a video to learn how to fix it. But I mean, like actual technicians who this is their job. I mean, or even well, I would or a place what about like Galloping Ghost would have to have somebody? Well, they have. To. that they go to because they're they're constantly going to be repairing oh them. So absolutely 500 of them, you know well and then also yeah. think about like i mean where are these crts coming from these monitors yeah i mean they're not producing yeah. new monitors anymore so no unless you could somehow repair an old monitor uh i imagine like yeah. whatever the stock is is dwindling you know there can't be many <sighs> left yeah. you know once they're gone what do, what do we i mean at some point these things are going to be done yeah. Unless somebody, yeah. you know, unless there's some sort of resurgence and they, somebody well, reopens an old factory. Well, passion out there. I think there's enough passion and interest for certain groups of people to take initiative to keep the preservation going and to really preserve the history and the technology. There, There is, I think that will always be there. I see it in our little community. There's lots of people that are very passionate about uh, saving CRTs. Uh, oh yeah, and, and I mean repairing. Me and you do VCRs, it, right? As we know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, I, okay, saving but I, from the grave. Let's say forty years from now. Like I don't know. Like I, I, I wonder. Like, will there be a time where? I mean, okay, think about like Space Command, right? Wasn't that like one of the first or the first commercial arcade machine, something like that? It was called. Is it Space Command? Something like that. I think, space Space War. Space War. Space whatever War. it was. How many of those are in existence? Yeah existence you know what i mean how many (laughs) you know what i mean like how many original pong machines are still left you know what i mean so granted Mm -hmm. there was way more pac-mans made than those there was way more you know street fighter cabinets than those obviously you know the you know relatively speaking there's a lot more of them and then you know worldwide especially japan stuff like that there's probably still tons of them there somewhere but you know, I just it's interesting to think like, you know, if we can ever get back to 
something like that that you know even if it was an amusement park theme kind of thing you know what i mean like you know kind of how yeah. like these barcade <clears throat> barcades you know like you're going there just for the experience they're not just there you know what i mean because who does that like mm-hmm. you're not gonna go into a into a laundromat anymore and see a, a vintage you know ms pac-man machine <laughs> you know what i mean no. like you're not gonna no. see it no more because they could you know sell it for eight ten grand or something you know what i mean you might find a ticket machine that pumps out. You sure, know, if you're lucky. You can gamble with. <laughs> or, but even then, but, you're just going to see a bunch of idiots sitting there on their phones because that's what I'd be doing if I was stuck in an arcade. I'd be watching YouTube or right. TikTok or something. <laughs> right. That's that's the new arcade right in your hand. It exactly. really is. Yeah. But, you know, um, it was a, more of a social experience, but times were different. I got some stats here. You know, in 80, 1982, or by 1982, there were 13,000 full arcades operational in america currently there are under 2500 wow so that just shows you the the change um in well again i think mainly driven by technology i mean we can have a similar experience playing because of the internet and our modern consoles we can play online gaming and that has largely replaced uh going to the arcade and 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 everybody has gaming consoles in their home when arcades first hit the scene you know, nobody, not everybody had uh, game consoles in their home. Well, and very, and very few had computers. I mean, even think of it like that. I mean, there was probably yeah. more people who so, had Ataris than they did computers, I'm sure. So that was your only place to go, really, to experience this magical kind of technological experience. Uh, that was an arcade machine, was to go to the arcade or find one in a, you know, 7-Eleven like we talked about, mm-hmm. or Pizza Hut or whatever. Um, so that's why it was, I think... You know, that's why the draw was different. That's why you don't have that anymore. People can experience something even what they might consider better in their own home. Um, But obviously what goes away with that is the social experience and how it was a very unique culture around it. There's there's a documentary I watched a couple of – was it last year? Gosh, what was it called? It was a really cool documentary about this arcade and it kind of followed this troubled kid who got a job there. I don't remember what it's called. I should look it up again. But it was really, really interesting. It really kind of focused on the culture of it and how 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 important they were to some of these kids in the inner cities and stuff like that. So there was a lot of that going on um, that you may not have even even noticed. And in fact, I'm going to read something here. I, don't, I didn't want to read too much of other people's stuff, but I thought this was a very poignant um, statement here. Uh, let's see here. This says, uh, arcades in the late 70s, early 80s had a particular place in the American way of life. Like shopping malls and roller skating rinks, uh, they were safe, isolated areas where kids and teenagers could hang out and, with a reasonable amount of money, spend hours without their parents. Bill Disney, a pinball enthusiast and owner of the Pinball Gallery in downtown Pennsylvania, says of his younger years that most parents, they basically didn't know what their kids were doing any time of the day. They were on their bikes out the whole day, and they didn't care where they were. This laid-back attitude varied by family as well as by geography, but the relative autonomy of older children in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and early 80s was much greater than it would be moving into the 90s. Films of the early 80s, such as E.T. and The Wizard, show typical American kids left to their own devices, playing video games, and capturing aliens with their friends while their parents were at work. So I thought that was a really kind of... It captured a lot of what I think you and I experienced and kind of hits the nail on the head at how things were so different. You know, we could go out on our bikes and, and go to arcades and our parents didn't know where the heck we were. 
And like this statement said, it, it kind of, there was oftentimes provided a, a safe place um, for kids to go and have fun and meet new people. And uh, you just don't you just don't have that anymore. Even with my kids, I don't, I don't let my kids go wherever they want. I'm, I know I'm tracking them on their on my phone. Yeah, like, I know exactly where they are. Right, right. Uh, and I, I think I I have to. Um, it, things are just different. They're more dangerous out there. Um, not that there wasn't there weren't dangers out there when we were kids. There were, but for the most part, our parents didn't fear that we would get snatched up or or whatever. We we pretty much had it. You know, a much different than kids do today. So. It's just really interesting to kind of think about the dynamic of arcades and malls and how different things were back then and why those concepts worked and why they don't work now. Uh, things have just changed so drastically, especially now with this COVID. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to change things even more for, for permanently. Um, and there's just no telling what the, the future of our you know, social environments are, are going to look like. Uh, things are falling by the wayside and everybody's kind of hunkering down in their homes. Yeah. And I don't know how good that is for the human psyche. No, or for, it's not you know, good. No, yeah. no, it's not good. I mean, we need interaction with people. That's, that's what makes us grow as people and um, makes life worth living, man. Being isolated, that, that doesn't do it. But uh, it's interesting, though, that statistics you threw out there. So, I mean, I would have never guessed that there's actually more arcades than malls left. That's insane. I know. When I read that statistic, that does... now that statistic of 1,100 malls left, I kept double-checking that because I, I was like, that can't be right. I think that refers to indoor malls only. Sure, but, but I mean, include... let's just say even if that's just a, a, a rough estimate, that's still crazy to think of that. You know what I mean? But, I mean, yeah. look at something like, yeah. and I know this is different, but look at something like Blockbuster Video. At one time, they had comparable numbers as far as the peak. You know, they had 3,800 locations oh, yeah. or 4,000 locations, something like that. And then now they're down to one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, I there's mean, one left. There's yeah. one, right. So now, like, you know, one you know, one day is like, is the, you know, that Great Mall of America, is that going to be the last... You know, the last man standing or this galloping ghost, will that be the last arcade kind of thing? You know, I think thinking about it in real time here, I just think that too, at least for me on some level, yes, I I do miss, I think it's healthy to get out, socialize, meet people, be with people. But at the same time, you know, people are so, they seem to have gotten more crass and more evil and you just get more random violence, and I, I don't know. It's just people have just seemingly gotten worse in our culture. <laughs> I I don't know if I feel safe letting my kids walk around the mall right now, you know, by themselves. I think you'd be um, okay at a typical mall, but I I I know what you're saying. The thought of them just riding their own bikes down to the mall or something, and and then coming yeah. back in four or five hours, that probably is not never going to happen with my daughter. I can tell you that. I mean, no yeah, chance. I mean, think things are missing in modern times that were present, like just your common respect for the elderly. That that's kind of gone by the wayside. Just um, you know, treating women kindly is kind of not a thing anymore. All kind of things that were kind of like there to keep things in order in in social settings are, are a lot of in a lot of ways gone now. So those kind of standards, in in a lot of ways, are just gone to keep our to keep us i guess feeling comfortable and safe so you get people that are willing to 
assault people because they're mad or road rage and you get people, you know, killing people because they cut them off. I mean, it's just insane out there right now. That never went on when we were kids. You know, it's just things are just out of control right now. So I guess that plays into it to some degree as well. People don't feel as comfortable or safe um, walking through, you know, I would imagine random people. Well, I'll say the antisocial nature of, of our society is probably at an all time high. I mean, we're we're more detached. We don't, and when I say we, not obviously not me and you, but we as a society, we we communicate through our phones. We get our entertainment through our phones. You don't sit and try to make a like a random conversation with a stranger when you're at the doctor's office or something. You would, you know. Well, first off, you're going to be six feet from him now, but. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. you're not you're not usually making conversation with the stranger. You're checking, you know, your conversations with strangers in your in your hand. You know what I mean? Like, you're not you're not yeah. trying to meet a new person. And not enough people, I think, keep that in check. And I think I think we see it often, especially in teenagers and kids. I mean, they constantly got their face stuck in their phone, and they don't look at you in the eye. They don't firmly shake your hand. All those yeah. little things, those little nuances of of socializing are starting to be lost because we're so kind of turned into ourselves and in our own little world. And, you know, us, me as a parent, you know, we try to keep that in check. Like we don't let our kids have phones until they get to a certain age. And we try to kind of not let that be part of their upbringing. And I think it's worked fairly well, but especially Bobby, he hates social media and he doesn't, you know, he, he's very kind of much like myself, you know, kind of like a, grumpy old man already <laughs> but but um it, it's just interesting the the dynamic of our culture it's just interesting to delve into and think about and and all this stuff comes into play the differences of how we shopped and interacted back when there were malls all over the place in arcades and now it's all self-contained you know you got your home console and you shop online so it's all like you know you don't have to go anywhere if you don't want yeah so it's it's i don't know how you know it's Probably not the greatest thing in the world, but I can see how it's devolved to this, I guess. Well, next time you get a chance, go stop in one of your local arcades, Duke. Keep supporting them. If you don't go, they'll be gone oh. forever. Oh, I do. I There's a few that I frequent that are have the barcade kind of retro aesthetic, and it's um, they're fun to go to for sure. Yeah. yeah. Every time I go, I throw the pictures up on Twitter and stuff, and... Oh, look at this. Look where I'm at. I'm sitting at the the Empire Strikes Back table. Yeah, that's awesome, they got, man. You know, great arcades all over the place. So there are a few places like that in Maryland here that I can go to. So absolutely, I do support that. Got to. And I still go to my local mall. I was just so saying, go go get go to uh, that frosty place you're talking about and get a get a chili dog. And dairy cream. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then go into the mall while you're there, and you know, and then hit the arcade on the yeah. way home. Come on. Keep them going. I will. Or there'll be my one duty. less on each one of them. <laughs> and you dang sure don't want <laughs> Anne to go out of business. They they fought the man and won. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've uh, I think we covered it pretty good. Got anything else to, to talk about or want to talk about arcades or malls? No, but you know, maybe we can uh, briefly chat about uh, our upcoming episode, which is kind of Probably should have been this episode. We probably we're gonna get a little bit of year in review <laughs> and uh, project our next year. Yes, yes. We so this time we actually discussed ahead of time what we're gonna do next. So instead of me saying, oh, I don't know, what we're yeah, gonna do we'll, next, we'll figure it out. Now we right? can say we do know. Yeah, 
But um, yeah, we decided we're going to do like a kind of a year in review um, with as far as our collecting hobby goes and some of our favorite pickups from uh, 2021 and some of our goals for 2022 and kind of uh, start off the year with that kind of an episode. So that's what we're going to do next time. And I'm looking forward to that. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have some lists in that top 10 pickups. Oh, yeah. Top you know us. 10 wants, whatever. We'll, we'll have something. <laughs> we'll have a countdown. Absolutely. Have to do something to make uh, Duke work on his end. Something with some <laughs> sound effects or something. <laughs> yeah, lots of editing, yeah. Right. <laughs> so that'll be a fun episode. So, you know, we're kicking off uh, New Year's this Friday. Or New Year's Eve is Friday, I'm sorry. Right, because yeah. New Year's Day is Saturday. So, yeah, our next episode, we will be fresh into 2022. And um, do you ever do like a New Year's resolution, Chris? I, I never do that. Do you have a one for no, 2022? No, I, I don't. I don't, but I, I do try to reflect. Um, yeah. I do try to, you know, I try to look back at kind of how the year was and maybe a little goal or something. As far as resolutions go, I mean, I, I have nothing against it. Some people need those start dates, and I can respect that, really, because I kind of do that with, uh, you know, maybe I want to start eating better. I'll be like, okay, I'll start on the first. You know, then I have a, a day that sure. I can count from, you know, or something like that, or uh you know, maybe somebody quit smoking or something. Uh, do it right after whatever. But um, I, I can see that. But uh, no, I'm not that much of a New Year's guy like in that regards. I like the, the, the event. That's fine. But Yeah, I've, I've never made a New Year's resolution. Again, I wouldn't knock yeah. it either. But I, I, I just don't do that. But um, I am looking forward to the next year. Uh, the last couple have been quite interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and I'm looking forward to maybe a little more normalcy in my life. Um, but uh, Open, man. Yeah. yeah. So with well, that being said, Happy New Year to everyone that's listening. And uh, we look forward to our next episode. And uh, we appreciate you listening to this one. So we will see you next time. Take care. I love the smell of commerce in the morning. Looks like a stage is being erected. What is this monstrosity? Maybe it's for the Easter Bunny pictures. Impossible! The Easter Bunny court is down at the other end of the mall. It's been up since two days after Christmas. I want answers.